guys, welcome back to another edition of Shannon at the Movies, or whatever you want to call me. So, first things first, right before I get this started. Um, so I'm going to be doing a Talking Star Wars thingy tomorrow. I'll probably be doing, like, a podcast version tonight. Like, of what I like, what I didn't like, thingy of The Mandalorian, the upcoming Disney stream service. Just because Episode 2 comes out tomorrow sometime, or tonight sometime type thingy. So I just want to get that Ben. I'll probably, you know, go over a bunch of questions. Plus, like, sometimes usually on, like, Thursdays or something, um, Star Wars News Net, one of the most reliable Star Wars sources ever, <laughs> or sometimes reliable, they, you know, um, put out great amazing articles, usually on a Thursday or never. And also, so I'm gonna be, I'm kind of bored at the moment while, like, I wait for the next episode to drop. And on the Disney Plus thingy. Which I just got a couple of days Like two or three days ago. So anyways, I'm basically gonna go over um, a bunch of my celebrity crushes. This list has been updated from the one that you guys probably heard like in July or something last year. Or like this year rather type thingy. Keep in mind, these are my own personal opinions. Um, some of these guys are dead as well. But like it's like whenever I see them on a the movie or something. Then um... Yeah, I just think that they're cute or whatever. Um, once again, so this is like a list of um, 38 guys. I may do a second part thingy Yeah, if I go past my time limit on this app called Anchor. Which kind of sucks. I'm, an, I'm a Canadian, for example. And I don't get paid for doing this app. It's only supposed to be Americans or anywhere else. Which sucks. Uh, pardon me. But yeah, and I'm a little bit tired, too. I'm going to try to rush this. Um, There may be a package delivered about, like, 5 or something over here. I'm probably going to give it until, like, 6 o'clock, then go get something for dinner. But anyways, number one is this guy named Christopher Allport. He's in this movie called Savage Weekend, which is probably one of, like, the first ever slasher-typed movies ever, even though it was around the time of Halloween. Um, I'm probably not going to go over a bunch of plots of any of these movies. Like, there is some Stephen King novel on here, for example. So it's like, who knows um, how many of you guys have read or seen the movie adaptations or whatever as well. Even though this is not, like, the next one or something is a Stephen King movie. Yeah, two down. But, um, yeah. But yeah, it's probably one of the first, like, slasher-type thingies, like, next one, probably after Halloween. Because it's, like, the same concept, except it takes over a weekend at, like, a cottage or something. And everybody wonders since the last second who it was, instead of, like, the original Halloween, like, where you're like, you know it's Michael Myers, just from him butchering his sister and family at the beginning. Um, then you got this movie called Jack Frost. It's not, like, your typical Christmas one where, like, that Michael Keaton one where he was a snowman and a musician, and then he accidentally got killed by driving, like, I don't know, too fast to go see his son playing hockey or something. But anyways, Jack Frost is a serial killer. He kind of gets away with it, and then he gets mutated into water like you can transform into ice snow anything and christopher alport's um sheriff sam tyler he's the one that has to deal with him like uses like antifreeze or something to terror to um get jack to finally go away even though he comes back i think for a sequel but yeah <clears throat> and then you got this film called to live and die in la 
One of the greatest actors of our time, William Holden, you know, the upcoming lighthouse and stuff like that. The lighthouse. Um, he is a counterfeiter who kills number 37, this guy named William Peterson's um, police partner, because, like, they're, like, in the Secret Service. And Christopher Allport basically, in a way, leads William Peterson, number 37, to go, like, find out who murdered his partner. I think it's based off of book two, directed by William Frederickson, who did, like, The French Connection and a bunch of other movies, but yeah. Then you got this Australian actor named Robert Taylor. Um, he's known for this cult TV series called Longmire. It's so famous that, like, there may be a spinoff one day. Like, our characters returning in some form or another, because, like, it was based off the book series. Um, it stars a bunch of people that you guys will probably know. This guy named Lou Diamond Phillips um, from a few things that I'm going to list in a little bit. Like he's like on the higher up of my thingy, like number twenty thirty something. Thirty-three, I believe, on my list. And um this is going to Katie Sackoff, who is Bo Katan, I believe, in the Clone Wars Animators. Maybe we'll see her one day in Mandalorian. Like season two just recently started filming, so who knows about that? Right. And then you got this film called Meg, which is, in a way, similar to Jaws, I guess. Yeah, a little bit. And so, like, it takes place down under, like, an aquarium-typed <laughs> place. Um, invented, I believe, by Rain Wilson from, like, The Office. I haven't seen the Meg in a little while. And it has a bunch of other people in it, Jason Statham from, like, the... Fast and Furious movies like Hobbs and Shaw in them. And um, Ruby Rose, who's your Batwoman. And a bunch of other people. I'm sure you guys would be familiar like if you like saw a bunch of these people. Because there's like some people that I don't know in the Meg. And like who knows, everyone out there could. Whatever. And there's this film called Vertical Limit. Now number 21 on my list named Scott Glenn. His wife disappears in this, like, in the Swiss Alps or whatever, and um, something else happens. Like, there's a glacier about to hit or something, and Robert Taylor is, like, one of the trained rock climbing instructors or snow climbing instructors, along with the help of um, Chris O'Donnell, who was Robin in the Batman and Robin movie and Batman Forever. But, yeah, and Robert Taylor and a few other guys are, like, part of the team that go up. To go save Chris O'Donnell's sister and go find out what happened to Scott Glenn's wife. I'll probably get into that a little bit, like when we get up to Scott Glenn type thing. <clears throat> Number three, you got Kiefer Sutherland, one of my favorite like Canadian British people. I think he's British, right? Um, he's known for screaming "Damn it!" a bunch of times in the series called Twenty Four, which is an hour per episode. There's like twenty four episodes. And there's, like, a ticking clock. And it's so amazing. It was, like, 18 years ago. Uh, 19 or 18, a couple of days ago. The, the anniversary of when he first said, Damn it. And Kiefer rolled onto our screens and stuff. But maybe there will be, like, a spinoff one day. It also has, like, a bunch of video games and merchandise based off of it. Which everything should, right? Nowadays, especially, like, a cult TV show. Speaking of cult TV shows and stuff. There's this movie... It's called The Lost Boys. Um, it paved the way for, like, Twilight, like, the teenage vampire type 
thingies. I don't think it's based off of a book, but, like, it has a bunch of up-and-coming people around the time. Um, Corey Feldman, probably fresh off this movie I'm going to mention next. But I'm still going to be on, like, The Lost Boys for a few seconds. But the movie's called Stand By Me. Probably even, like, fresh off the Goonies. Like, I don't know when Stand By Me and the Goonies are exactly in Corey Feldman's career. Maybe I'll check on IMDb after this. Um, you have Corey Haim from, like, the two Luca, the two, um, Corys. If you guys have seen that show, it's, like, a reality TV show. And he's also in the movie called Lucas. And Licensed to Drive. And a few other people. Um, this guy named Jason Patrick, who I think was in Speed. And his dad was the little priest or whatever. In the original Exorcist Father Marin or whatever. Or is that Max Fosado's character that was Father Marin? Anyways, that like little priest. Uh, yeah, and it paved the way, like I said, for... All these vampire movies. Like, I said Twilight in them. You got this iconic movie called Stand By Me. It's based off a Stephen King horror film. It's similar to It without, like, the clown and without the scariness, even though it's called, based off a short Stephen King book called The Dead Body. I've yet to read the book, but I'll probably, um, check that out eventually, just because, um, Stand By Me was on yesterday. Number 38 on my list, um, Walking Phoenix. <laughs> oh, gosh. He, his little brother, Older brother River is, like, one of the main guys, River Phoenix, who died October um, 31st, 1993, I believe. But <sighs> River is, like, one of the main characters in Stand By Me. It's also based off, like, that song, you know, um, that Benny King one. I almost sang, but I don't want to sing at the moment. <laughs> but, yeah, go check it out. Kiefer is basically, like, your Henry Bowers, like, your bully. And you've got this... Um, film series, well, two movies, rather, called Young Guns 1 and 2, based off events of Billy the Kid, one of the famous Western people of movie history, of lawful history, has a great, amazing cast, including, like, a young Amelia West of his, his half-brother, I think it was, Charlie Sheen, Dermot Mulroney from, um, Four Innings and the Funeral, Scotty Casey's Moscow or whatever, that was also in Stand By Me, and a bunch of other people, Giant Pellants, who would, like, a year later, or whatever, wouldn't he be, um, Harvey Dent or somebody in Batman? Or, um, some political type figure, like, the one that gets killed or whatever by Jack Nicholson. But, yeah. Yeah. And there's also, um, this move, this TV show, I guess it's going to be a TV show. It's going to be on a streaming service called Cribbly or something. Based off one of my favorite Harrison Ford movies ever called The Fugitive. It's going to be like 10 minute episodes and it's going to be like real life type thingy. Like shot through a camera or whatever. Like through a cell phone type camera. And if you guys have seen the movie The Fugitive, it's going to be like that. It's like different characters. Like these two different guys names like um Mike Farrow, I believe. He's going to be played by this guy named Mike um, Floyd Holbrook. He's, Floyd is gonna be, like, the Richard Kimball character, like, the Mike Farrow character is gonna be, like, Richard, and instead of Samuel L. Char who's a U.S. Marshal, I don't think we know anything about Kiefer's character besides the fact that he's an FBI, but it's, like, which one? FBI? CIA? Um, U.S. Marshal? But Clay Bryce is gonna, um, be going up against 
also known as like the replacement for Samuel Jordan Way, also known as Keeper Sutherland, is going to be tracking down Mike Farrell, finding out the real perpetrator and stuff. Yeah. Then you got um, Donald Sutherland, Keeper's father. He's in this film called MASH, because, like, when I was a little kid, I used to love the TV show MASH, which is, like, a 1970s TV show. There's, like, still free ones on once in a while, like AMC and a few other um, channels have it. Um, it's probably, like, a prequel to MASH. And a few of the cast members, you guys will probably know, there's this guy named Tom Skerritt, who was, like, in one of the Aliens movies. He's the uncle in... Poltergeist 3. There's this guy named Robert Duvall who would later or whatever, around the time probably, be in Marlon Brando, The Godfather, and like a few other Godfather type movies. And a few people from the TV show have actually been in the movie, I'm pretty sure. Like there's this guy named Gary Berghoff that was right, this character named Raider O'Reilly who was like one step ahead of the team and of the people. Like he already thought like, talked and whatever, exactly what, like, everyone was thinking before he said it, basically. And he was in both the TV and the movie. But, yeah. Um, you got this scary horror movie based off of, I believe, a book. But his character is an architect named John Baxter, I believe. He goes to Venice, Italy with his wife, Catherine, I want to be like, even though it probably am wrong. And... They think that they see their deceased daughter who died, like, probably a year or whatever previously to the story, like, to um, when they move. And they think that they see her running around, like, this little, about the same sized girl or whoever with, like, the exact same colored coat. But you find out later on it isn't. Um, you also have Salem's Lot, which is my least favorite Stephen King movie. It scares the crap out of me. There, this is like the remix version, remake version. I think I called it a remix, but with like right Wicker Hager from like Blade Runner. I don't know if he was in twenty forty nine, and he was also in this movie called The Hitcher, Imp of the Vampire Slayer, the movie which actually had Donald in as well. Um, yeah, and a bunch of other people. Then you got Ad Astra. Now, for me to tell you what Ad Astra is, you guys, you guys gotta watch this movie called Space Cowboys. It was, like, in 2000, directed by Clint Eastwood, has Clint Eastwood, Tommy Lee Jones, Donald, obviously, and this guy named James Garner, where, like, they go fix a space shuttle, sort of like an Armageddon, um, type thingy, and it seems like it's a prequel to it. I've actually yet to see Ad Astra. But it's probably, like, a prequel to Space Cowboys. I mean, like, Space Cowboys is the prequel. Then before, then after that, basically, is an Astra. Even though it's, like, done by two different people, but still. Now, fun fact. So, I number these. And number four is Donald from Salem's Law, obviously. Number five is the original version of Donald's character. But anyways, why not point that out? And I probably will point out a bunch of fun facts afterwards. Or during this. So, number five's name is James Mason. He's known for this film called Lolita, where he, like, hits on younger girls, like, his character's a middle-aged person. Um, it's directed by Stanley Kubrick, who, like, 15 or something years later did The Shining, you know. I'm gonna go see Doctor Sleep, by the way. Sorry, like, for interrupting that. I'm gonna go see Doctor Sleep, by the way, on um, Saturday, so watch up, listen for my review, probably, like, Sunday sometime, of what I like, what I didn't like, type thing, you have Doctor Sleep. Because, like, I'm kind of a huge Stephen King horror fan, but still. 
But yeah, so anyways, yeah. And there's some great amazing cast. It's um written it's based off a book by this guy named Vladimir Dubak, I believe, or something like that. But anyways, yeah. With Peter Sellers, probably around the time of, like, one of his first Pink Panthers, if he was the guy in it. And like I said, before I mentioned James Mason, he's the original character named Richard Stracker that Donald Sutherland, like, 40 years or something later, where I be. And you got this phone call, The Boys from Brazil, where number 10 named Gregory Peck, he... Is like a doctor that clones you little kids to look like Hitler. And James Mason's the middleman that helps out number 11, Sir Lawrence Olivier. With finding out what exactly happened, who's behind this, yada, yada, yada. <clears throat> number 6 is Mads Mikkelsen. He is basically a prequel version of Hannibal in the TV series Hannibal Lecter. Well, the TV series Hannibal. Um, great, amazing Cast. I kind of wish there was a little bit more since there probably is a little bit more they could do, but who knows, right? But anyways, it has like Lawrence Fishburne from the Matrix shows and stuff, and um, this guy named Hugh Dancy who is not enchanted, but yeah. You also have Rogue One, a star story. He's the guy that created the Death Star and put a personal flaw in it, and I actually kind of think there's a great chance he will be in the Cassian Andor series. I actually just put that as, like, a little option for him and the guy that plays Krennic on here. Because, like, we don't know really anything yet. But, yeah. And he also got this film called The Hunt, where he is, like, an elementary school helper or whatever. And, um, when his best friend's kid said that Mad's character, Lucas, did, like, something inappropriate to the children when, obviously, nothing happened. But, yeah, and every the whole entire town, including Lucas's best friend, actually thinks that he did it. Nope. You got Ben Mendelsohn, like I said, director Orson Krennic. He's the one that forces Galen to make the Death Star, like, complete it. He gets choked by Vader, and maybe we'll see him back. There's a series called Bloodline where he's like the black sheep of the family. There's a famous playwright in it by the name of Sam Shepard, who's in this film that I'm going to mention in a little bit. Maybe like the 30-minute type thingy. Um, called The Right Stuff. Hopefully I remember he's in it. And like there's Linda Cardellini. I believe she was Thelma in like the Scooby-Doo movies. Like not like this new Scoop. I don't know who the voices are for the new Scoop. Like, that prequel t- movie of, like, how they met and stuff. Like, Scooby and Shaggy. And, um... You have this guy named Kyle Chandler from Friday Night Lights. And Sissy Spacek, who is the original Carrie. And Stephen King, Brian De Palma's Carrie. Yeah. And you also have Vertical Limit. He's one of the guys that goes up with Robert Taylor, um, Scott, and a few other people to go... On the rescue mission, basically. Great. Then you got Marlon Brando. He's known for teaching us probably what kryptonite is. Setting the rails as one of the greatest dads in movie cinematic history, probably. Along with, obviously, the help of um, John Williams' iconic score. You got Streetcar Named Desire. 
I have a friend named Stella, and, like, I usually, if I'm on Facebook and, like, I don't see her, I'm, like, I post, I search in Giphy for the, hey, Stella, Gif, um, one of the greatest films of Marlon Brando's career, actually, and, um, <laughs> give me a sec, and if you guys have watched Real Fortune, Streetcar, and then somebody's, like, and then the guy's, like, can I get a K? For a naked instead of named desire. <laughs> and then, obviously, he's known for threatening people with a mafia-type voice in The Godfather. One of the greatest mafia films ever. Probably the best, actually, besides, like, close to probably the, like, the Untouchables. The other two Godfather ones, which I have yet to see, but, like, I know who's in it and stuff. You got James Stewart, who's known for this film called It's a Wonderful Life. I have yet to see it, but, but from, like... Clips and stuff like that. I've seen like looked at every time a bell rings and angel gets wings. It sounds like it's going to be like Scrooge. It's on usually every Christmas, but I usually don't get a chance to watch it. It was like in this movie called Heidi that I used to watch with um Shirley Temple in it. You've got Wirindo and Vertigo, directed by the master himself. Both directed by the master himself. Alfred Hitchcock, who's known for like Psycho, the birds, and a bunch of other thingies. I've yet to actually see Rear Window and Psycho and um, Vertigo, but I just put them for the fun of it. Not to mention, I kind of had this idea in my head to, like, just, like, write, like, three or whatever movies of some of these guys. And then, you know, talk about it, time myself, whatever. But, yeah. Then you got um, Gregory Peck. He's one of my favorite horror films called The Omen, about, like, the Antichrist being a little boy, nobody knowing what happened, like... How these people died. And there's a stupid remake. Pardon my language. But there is. It's so bad. It's not even funny. That one should just get erased from cinematic history. It's not even cinematic. Like whenever I see one of the guys that play. Like when. From the remake. In anything on TV or movie. I'm like. Like the guy that played the photographer in the remake. For example. um, David Thelwis I believe. He's in The Boy with Stray Pajamas as the father. So I'm like, not to mention he was the father. uh, Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to go into too many spoilers of like half of these things, just in case if you guys have not seen it. Um, There's this film called Cavier, which got remade like in 1991 by Martin Scorsese. Three of the main guys, um, Gregory Peck, Robert Mitchum and this guy named Martin Balsam were actually in the remake as well as different characters. In the original, I guess Gregory Peck's character named Sam, I believe. I forget his last name. But he doesn't, like, push the trial far enough or something to let Max Caddy, played by Mitchum, like, go to prison. Martin Balsam, I think, was the lawyer or, like, the opposite lawyer type thingy. Or maybe, like, a judge, because in the remake, they play different characters, along with Nick Nolte from The Mandalorian, guys, as an Ugnaught. Even though I'm sure you guys could have, like, told that. There's probably, like, little clips. Sorry if that was spoiler, though. And you got the boys from Brazil. He's the evil doctor that clones little babies into Hitler. What's there to say? Great. Number 11, Sir Lawrence Olivier. 
Um, obviously, he's the good guy in The Boys from Brazil. Like, he's the one that teams up with James Mason to take on Gregory Peck or finding out what really happens. And he's known for playing the Greek god Zeus in the original Clash of the Titans. With, like, Dame Maggie Smith as, like, one of the lovers or one of the wives. And a bunch of other people. CGI wasn't that bad. Like, it was, like, clay animation thingy compared to the, like, 2010 or whatever remake. Then you got James Cromwell. Um, he's the priest that tries to stop the vampires in Salem's lot. In the remake, the Rooker Hager, Donald Sutherland. There's this film from, like, 1974 called Longest Yard about convicts playing football against their, against their, like, police officers, against the professionals, also known as, like, you know, the cops and everything. And actually, there's, like, in a way, two cameos from the original editor in it. Um, Burt Reynolds was in the original, and he helps out Adam Sandler, who I think is, like, the same character name that Burt Reynolds was in the remake. And this guy named Captain Canary, he's, like, the meanest, vicious, um, inspector, detective, whatever. In the original, obviously. Played by this guy named Ed Lodger, who was, like, the mechanic in Cujo, that Stephen King horror film about the rabid dog. He has a cameo as Warden Hazen, also known as James Cromwell, one of his, like, golfing buddies. Which is awesome, I guess. He's the guy that sends up Clint Eastwood, Donald, Tommy, and James to Space and Space Cowboys. And he, we also found out that he's one of the creators that helped John Hammond invent the Jurassic World in Jurassic World 2 Fallen Kingdom. Next, you have Sam Neill. Now, speaking of Jurassic Park, get it? <laughs> You have him taking off his sunglasses to John Williams' iconic Um, great amazing visual effects on that. Once again, John Williams' iconic theme. I cannot wait to see what they do with Jurassic World 3, because him, Lord Turn, and Jeff Goldblum were back the three main originals. This time, there's supposed to be a bigger cameo instead of that um, Jeff Goldblum one from last year or whatever is Fallen Kingdom. You also have him as the adult version of Damien throwing the grown-up version of Satan himself. And he was in The Jungle Book, a non-animal talking, non-animal singing version with Carrie Always, who played Wesley in The Princess Bride. And there's this film called The Piano. I've yet to see it, but like it has like one of the other guys on this list named Harvey Keitel in it. I think I put Harvey down for The Piano. If not, I'll probably... Might as well just, like, say that in a nope. I didn't... But, yeah. <clears throat> Back to my list. Then you got Harrison Ford. Now, before I get into his... Two fun facts. Well, one I'm gonna say in a few seconds or so. But, so... Before Sam Neill and, like, great Richard Attenborough were cast in Jurassic Park, Sean... Sir... So Sean Connery was supposed to be Richard Hammond, or they wanted him, and Harrison Ford was actually going to be Dr. Alan Grant. I had to do a project on Connery in, like, high school, and I found that out. So why not just throw that in there? So Star Wars made me love him as a little kid, as you guys can, like, 
tell by my talking Star Wars thingies. I have, like, I think I have a podcast on Anchor for talking Star Wars, and I do YouTube videos. My dad got me hooked on Star Wars when I was, like, five. My, like, great father, obviously. Um, I probably had seen, like, the I love you, I know part, the Epic Vader versus Luke fight leading up to. No! Um, I love, I can always see what they do with Indy 5. Like, Indiana Jones Episode 5 or whatever you want to call it. Just because there's been so many rewrites. Um, John Williams' iconic score again. Maybe they'll include, like, his son again. But, River Phoenix, Joaquin's older brother, the one that I mentioned a few minutes ago or whatever for the Stand By Me thingy. He was a young Indiana in, um, The Last Crusade, number three. The one that had Connery in it as the father. But yeah. You also have the fugitive. Like I said, I'm not gonna like spoil it, but like he's a doctor who gets blamed for his wife's murder, which he obviously didn't do, and he runs away just so that he can figure out who did it, everything like that. And you've obviously got Air Force One where he screams, Get off my plane because he's like the president of the United States and Gary Oldman's like this guy who is an attacker terrorist takes over the plane and stuff like that. But yeah, speaking of Connery, uh, number uh, fifteen is is Sir Sean Connery. He's known for rolling on the floor, walking in a bathing suit type thingy, and being like Bond, James Bond, and the martini shaking that story thingy for uh, 007. He was in two versions of Robin Hood. One that has Kevin Costner, where he, where um, Sean was Sir Richard Lionheart, Marion's cousin, and he actually played Robin Hood himself with like great. I think she's dead. Audrey Hepburn as Maid Marion, Richard Harris from like Gladiator. He was the original Dumbledore in the Harry Potter and Philosopher's Stone thing. Then Richard Harris died probably afterwards. And like Robert Shaw from obviously Jaws, and Robert was actually in. From Russia with Love as the Villain. And stuff like that. And he obviously got his turn as his, as Elliot Ness's friend in The Untouchables. Brian De Palma's masterpiece that has Kevin Costner, um, Andy Garcia, Robert De Niro in one of his greatest roles. But yeah. Next is Sir Anthony Hopkins. I think Sean Connery is a sir if I'm not mistaken. I call him that. <laughs> Anyways, you got Silence of the Lambs, the one that made me love him as Hannibal. I don't know why. Because he's like terrifying, especially like, can he be found me nice check hand type one? I'm pretty sure I actually mock that one more than like any Star Wars quote any day. Like, I say hope whenever I'm hoping to But it's like the actual line, like the can you be found nice check handy? I like do. I. L- um, I went to go see Joker by myself, like, a couple of weeks ago, and it said Silence of the Lambs was playing, like, the day later, and I'm like, can you be in five of me, nice check, candy, <laughs> minus the, uh, the movies, <laughs> as well. <laughs> then you got, and that one actually features, um, Scott Glenn as well, like, the guy from, um, Vertical limb and stuff that I mentioned already. <laughs> and you obviously have the God of Thunder's father. 
also known as Thor's father in the Thor movies. And he was in this show called... He's in the show, or he was in the show. I don't know if his character died, called Westworld. That has... um Number 22, I believe, is also in the show, named Ed Harris. It won a few Golden Globes, or a few Emmys. Phoebe Waller-Bridge, I believe, is in it, who was that female droid L3. In Solo, a Star Wars droid. Why not? Then you got Adam Driver. He's known for this film about cleanliness, of protectiveness. Think of when a con called Hungry Hearts. He's known for igniting his lightsaber and connecting the Skywalker series. And everyone's like, is he the rise of Skywalker? Like, will he get redeemed? Also known as Kylo Ren in Star Wars Episode 7, 8, 9. Who knows about the future? Like, if he does survive. And... He was in the show Girls as this guy named Adam Stickler or something, who was just, like, really bad. I think he was a bad guy in that. Which won a few Golden Globes. There's probably a bunch of people from, like, that had, like, cameo in Girls, and you would be like, oh, yeah, that's this person, that's that one. Yeah. Then you got Kevin Costner. For some odd reason, I prefer, like, Wyatt Earp over Tombstone. And, like, Wyatt Earp and, like, Gunfather Cucurella over Tombstone stuff. But, yeah. Um, probably because of the amazing cast. Don't get me wrong. Val Kilmer was awesome as Holiday. And Kurt Russell was kind of amazing. But, like, I just prefer these guys more. But it, like, has Gene Hackman. One of my mom's celebrity crushes. Um, it has Michael Madison from, like, the Free Willy and stuff. Gene Hackman's my mom's celebrity crush. I don't know if I said that. I remember just now saying crushes. I'm probably going to throw my mom under a bus and, like, say my mom a bunch of times. Because, like, a few of these... Gene Hackman's one of my mom's experts. I lied. So it's, like, Morgan Freeman and them. Um, but, yeah. And it went into a little bit more. Like, the Earp sisters weren't mentioned in, in um, Tombstone. They weren't in the Battle of the Gant by the Corella, so I kind of understand that. You got Silverado. Now, in 1983 or something, Kevin did this movie called The Big Chill. All of his scenes were deleted. I think his character was supposed to, like, kill himself, which made everyone get together, like, Glenn Close and a bunch of people. But all of his scenes were deleted. The director, um, Lawrence Kasdan, who wrote, like, Star Wars and stuff, great. and he even, like, directed Wide Earp and stuff. Um, he <laughs> promised Kevin a bigger role than that one would come two years later for Silverado with a bunch of up-and-coming people probably at the time. Danny Glover, probably fresh off of Lethal Weapon. Um, a young Jeff Colburn, probably around the time of, like, the fly and stuff. But, yeah. You got Field of Dreams. If you, if you build it, he will come as, like, one of the greatest lines in baseball cinematic history. It has this guy named Ray Liotta. It has James Earl Jones, who forced Vader for crying out loud. And, actually, so there was this 1957 film that I'm going to mention in a few minutes or so called The Gunfather of the Cucurell. It's that version that I was just talking about before the wire thingy. And it has Burt, Lan Sir, uh, Burt Lancaster, who is probably one of your, like, your first wire guys. And they are both in it. <laughs> Next, you have Robin Hood with like great Alan Rickman, Morgan Freeman, Christian Slater, and a bunch of other people. Morgan Freeman's one of my grandma's guys. <laughs> Christian Slater's literally one of mine. And then, once again, The Untouchables. Sorry if I'm being repetitive. I'll probably, like, stop. 
Like, I'll probably just say wider, for example, and then, yeah. Next, you have Dennis Quaid. Like I said before, with a wider thingy, I love Quaid better than um, Val Kilmer. You have this film called I Can Only Imagine, which what the original song was inspired by actual events about this guy named Bart Millard, I believe. I'm not going to go too much into it. It's based off of a story, I'm pretty sure, as well. And, like, this is a really sad movie, and he, like, plays main father. It's kind of mean to the sun stuff. You also got this film called The Right Stuff, based on real-life events, I believe, but about this guy named Chuck Yeager and his team that go to space. More to them, I'm pretty sure. With Scott Glenn, the next guy after Scott, named Ed Harris. Um, yeah. Sam Shepard. A few other people. And you got this film that I think came out recently called Midway, based off the real-life events, apparently, with, like, Woody Harrelson, um, Luke Evans, and a bunch of other people in it. Which I may go see as well, so who knows? You know, not much of, like, a war fan. Then you got Ewan McGregor. Obviously, my friend Jackson knows I would see Ewan McGregor. <laughs> but you have Moulin Rouge, which I think is now a Broadway musical. Um, I cannot wait to see what Ewan does next after the last Thing I wrote, I'm like jumping of excitement over here. Thank goodness there's like no video feed for this. <laughs> um, I kind of think for some odd reason, if you guys have seen it, tell me what you guys think. Cause I kind of think he could be David Bowie one day. Like they, he and Nicole Kidman cover the song called Heroes. Well, like a matchup of I love and love melody. It's called. He's like you, you with me, and I'll I'll drink all the time. And obviously, you have him. Introducing us to, in a way, two young little people who would later you would meet in the original trilogy, also known as episode four, five, and six, also known as Obi Wan Kenobi. <laughs> Pardon me if I hurt anyone's ears. Um, I love all the casting. He's probably one of the greatest parts ever of the prequel trilogy, also known as the one, two, three thingy. Even though it's weird, like, I should binge watch stories on the Disney Plus thing and, like, live tweet it, even though Solo and I don't think The Last Jedi is on the Disney Plus streaming app thingy. Obviously, you got Dr. Sleep, as you could tell by my list. I'm kind of a huge fan of Stephen King, like some movies. The Shining kind of scared me, but I cannot wait for Saturday. I wish it was Saturday right now. I don't know what I want more. Mandalorian episode 2 or to see Dr. Sleep right now. I'm kind of avoiding like Twitter at the moment. Especially like, if I like type in hashtag Dr. Sleep because maybe like somebody would spoil it. Then again on a YouTube channel earlier I was watching and I was like reading the comments for the fun of it. Like, you know, just to like, get anybody's opinions on the list of, like, the top 12 word of performances, in my opinion, type thingy. And somebody spoiled something that happened in Mandalorian. And obviously, I cannot wait. This is one of the reasons that I got Disney Plus besides Cassian. Cannot wait for Obi-Wan Kenobi. Also, no, it's like Kenobi, like the TV series. Like, it doesn't have an official title, I don't think yet. But I cannot wait to see him igniting lightsaber, possibly. I cannot wait to meet, like, who else. See who else is in it. Hopefully you get something at, like, um, Star Wars Celebration, which I will not be at, you guys, but I'll probably, like, live stream it. Like, hold my phone up to a certain angle. Or maybe I'll do, like, a Skype thing, or just watch it on my own time, because, like, my arm may get tired or whatever. 
but who knows, right? Um, <clears throat> then you got Scott Glenn. He's this guy named Jack Crawford who sends Clarice Starling, played by Jodie Foster, to go see Hannibal Lecter because, like, they have no clue what he's capable of yet. Because I think Will Graham, played by um, Hugh Dancy, has retired at this point, and played by the other people. You got this film called Silverado. He's Kevin Costner's older brother, in that they go on a mission to like say goodbye to their sister while they take off. And fun fact, Kevin Costner says we'll be back, but towards the end of Silverado, but it's like there wasn't any sequel. And then again, I don't think he does sequels. There probably would have been a Dances with Wolves two or something afterwards. So about about Vertical Limit. His wife went missing, slash got killed by the late great Bill Paxton, and everyone doesn't, like, know what exactly happened, and yeah. And he is Chuck Yeager, one of the astronauts in that right stuff movie, the one that has, like, Dennis and them that I mentioned, and Ed and them that I mentioned. If you guys have seen the movie Westworld or whatever, Ed Harris, I think, plays, in the TV show version, I think he plays, like, this Western robotic gunslinger, probably that doesn't have a name. He looks like he's a recruiter in that um Top Gun 2 teaser or whatever that we got at like San Diego Comic-Con a while back. He's one of the astronauts in the right stuff. <laughs> right. I have to go to the bathroom, but I don't want to leave here yet. <laughs> ah. <clears throat> Number 23 is this. Canadian, I believe, named Bruce Greenwood. There was a bus crash that happened in Alton, Texas, like in the 1990s, probably 1980s or whatever, and it was based off this book called The Sweet Hereafter, directed by Tommy Goyen, who's, I think, like an Egyptian-Canadian director. Unless they just wanted to go with, like, a different name that wasn't, like, usable to anybody else. Great, amazing cast but yeah like the bus driver and one of the 12 students survived i believe when this has films ever but yeah if you guys are familiar with the star trek movies or like the episodes or something obviously jj <clears throat> abraham's filled in a little gap chris hemsworth i almost said pratt for some odd reason chris hemsworth he is James Kirk's father in the J.J. Abrahams directed, like, 2009 Star Trek. And James Kirk's father dies right before or right when the mom is giving birth. And probably around that time, Captain Chris Pike, played by Bruce Greenwood, he, he, um, takes over probably and then gives the ranking to, and then dares Kirk to do better, which he obviously does. You got this film called Gerald's Game. It's based off a Stephen King book. I'm not going to go into too much. Plus, I don't know how many people here are, like, underage or whatever. Like, I got a bunch of Twitter followers and stuff, but it's like, mmm. And he looks like he could be the one that, like, recruits Danny Torrance in Doctor Sleep. Because apparently Bruce Greenwood has a cameo or something. But yeah. I wonder if Stephen King himself has a cameo. <sighs> Number 24 is Clint Eastwood. He's known for... Seeing a famous one learner is like, go ahead, make my day. Do you feel lucky, punk? Um, nobody puts ketchup on hot dogs and a bunch of other stuff like that in the Dirty Harry series. You got this film called Escape from Alcatraz based on real life events. It's directed by a longtime collaborator, um, 
uh, John Stroud or whoever that helped him do Play Misty for me. Clint Eastwood's first ever directing film. Then you got the greatest western of all time besides like, the Good and Bad and Ugly trilogy or the Fist Dollars trilogy, whatever you want to call it. Good and Bad and Ugly. Uh, Fistful of Dollars, a few dollars more, Good and Bad and Ugly. Then you got Unforgiven, one of the greatest westerns of cinematic history. Especially like, for like the western type of thing. Whew! I'm almost done. Yay! You got William Fickner. I gotta think what I want for dinner, too. You got William Fickner. Um, he is known for being, like, one of the people that helps bring Ben Affleck, like, Ray Michael Clinton, and Steve Buscemi, I think, Owen Wilson, a bunch of people home in Armageddon, Kevin Bacon, I think, too. Or is Kevin Bacon a... Never mind, that was Apollo 13. You got Prison Break, where he's, like, a hard on... Like a tough as nails type cop who chases after this criminal named Michael Schofield that breaks out of prison. Like, Michael has like a tattoo of the prison thingy and like a plan on his back and like all over his body. But yeah. And he's actually the remake version of Captain Canaro that like great Ed Lotter one from the Longest Yard remake. Then you got Liam Neeson. Now, I'm going to bring out a movie for number 38 in a few minutes or so, which is kind of similar to this, but there's this movie. It's called Taken. Um, he is an ex-Secret Service agent. He served in the military, probably. His daughter goes kidnap gets kidnapped in like France, and he does everything in his power to do it. There's a bunch of threatening phone calls. She's a teenage girl, so, yeah, I'll leave it at that. <laughs> you got him in Star Wars. Now, I know he wasn't in that much, but, like, he told us what Metachlorians were, introduced us to a young Anakin Skywalker, introduced us to a young Obi-Wan Kenobi. Um, then you got Clash of the Titans as Zeus in the remake that has, like, Rafe Fiennes, who's known for playing bad guys. Voldemort, he was Hades. He was in Schindler's List as the bad guy. And you've got Kenobi, which he could 100%, I definitely think he will appear at some point, teaching him how to become a Force ghost. Because then, like, how would Obi-Wan can, how would, how would Obi-Wan disappear in episode four in um, New Hope? Then you got this guy named Isai Morales. He's known for being Richie Valens, like, half-brother or something like that, his, like, backup band or whatever in La Bamba. And he's in From Dusk Till Dawn, a vampire TV series based off of Quentin Tarantino's story, I believe. But yeah. Then you got um, Sean Penn. He's known for being gay activist, I believe, or gay president or something. That Harvey Milk in the film Milk. He's known for telling his story about how he became this villain or bad guy in Dead Man Walking with Susan Sarandon. Directed by her husband at the time, this guy named Tim Robbins. I don't know if they're still married. And you've got Clint Eastwood's Mystic River, like, where somebody, I guess, kills Sean Penn's daughter or something, and it's, like, who did it type thing. I've never seen Mystic River, but, like, from clips and stuff like that, it sounds like that. Then you got Burt Lancaster, once again, Field of Dreams, as this guy named Moonlight Graham. I guess Kevin starts to build the baseball field. Ta-da! Out goes Wyatt Earp himself. Bart Lancaster. Then you got the Gumpa the Kikarel. Now that one actually, if you guys are like huge TV, like Star Trek fans, like the original, like the um, William Shatner, Leonard, No More TV series, the guy that played 
um, Bones Leonard, Bones McCoy, I think his name was Leonard, <laughs> but DeForest Kelly, he was like one of the Earp brothers and stuff like that, but yeah, and it also featured an amazing white Earp song done by, um, this guy in, who did the show theme for Clint called Rahai back in like the 1950s as well. You got Harvey Keitel. He's known for being in the piano. Like, he's the opposite guy that defends this um, lonely mother and her daughter from Sam Neill. He's the screaming father and from Just Till Dawn. Um, he chases after... Gina Davis, and Susan Sarandon, and Thelma Louise. He's one of the mob... I think he's, like, part of a mobster and sister act that sends Whoopi Goldberg into hiding. And there's this film called Red Dragon, which is basically, like, the TV show Hannibal. Except it's a movie, but, like, it puts Edward Norton in the position of finding out about Hannibal Lecter. You're about this guy named Francis Dollarite, also known as Tooth Fairy, I believe. But, yeah. My list is about to get hilarious here. You got the late, great Charlton Heston. He was in a version of Midnight, but I don't know if it's the exact same thingy. With the late, great Henry Fonda. One of my grandma's guys. I'm throwing all my family out of the bus. He's the one that said the passage about the Ten Commandments on the mountain. He was in this movie called Ben-Hur about a famous chariot race. And he's in, I think he's in both versions of Planet of the Apes. Like that remake that they did with Mark Wahlberg. I'm pretty sure he's an ape. They probably CGI'd his face in or something. As a monkey. And he's the guy that discovers the planet in the original 1950s or 60s one. Then you got this guy named Viggo Mortensen. I think he was Mahershala Ali's manager in the movie Green Book. He's known as Aragon. I think he was Aragon. One of the protectors in The Lord of the Rings. And I forget who his character is in Young Guns 2. But he's one of the guys that goes after Billy the Kid and his team. Kills Kiefer Sutherland too. And I think he actually was in this Harrison for a movie called Witness, but, you know, I'm not. Then you got Lou Diamond Phillips. He's known as Chavez E. Chavez in Young Guns 1 and 2. <laughs> one of Billy the Kid's regulators, also known as one of the guys that go after Blake, Blake right, Jack Palance and a bunch of other thingies like that. You got his role as Richie Valens in La Bamba. I think he actually did his own singing or something. And he's well Longmire, also known as Robert Tedley's best friend in the series Longmire. They're like brothers. Ow. My face hurts from saying this. I've been saying this for 50 minutes straight. Yay! Uh, then you got Christian Slater. He was well Scarlet, also known as Robin Hood's um, half-brother... In that Robin Hood Prince of Thieves, also known as the Kevin Costner, Morgan Freeman, Connery, Rickman version of Robin Hood. Um, he interviews Brad Pitt in an interview with a vampire, which is based off of a great amazing book, I'm sure. I think it is, isn't it? And actually, River Phoenix. Aw, I'm at 34. This is hilarious. River Phoenix was supposed to be in... I guess he was supposed to be an interview with a vampire, because, like, at, towards the end, maybe, like, exactly at the end, Christian, uh, um, the director, Neil Jordan or somebody, I forget who did it, but 
paid tribute to River. Because I guess he was like an early Toxic Beat Christian Slater before Christian was in it. And you got Young Guns too as this guy named David, Dave Rudbaugh. If you guys watch the movie Wide Earp, like the Dennis Quaid one, with subtitles, I think he's actually mentioned like Dave Rudbaugh type thing, not Christian Slater. You got this guy named Chris. <laughs> you got this guy named Lance Henriksen. Um, he's in one of the alien movies as this guy named Bishop. He's in The Omen, too. He's the one that, like, teaches Damien Thorne who he is through the biblical passages. I'm gonna have fun doing this. He's in this, he's one of the astronauts that goes up in the right stuff, and he conjures up an urban legend known as Pumpkinhead to kill, like, some teenagers that have accidentally or wrongfully killed Lance's son in Pumpkinhead. You got this guy named William Holden. Um, he's known for being Damien Thorne's adoptive uncle in The Omen 2. And, like, there's a few twists and turns that I did not see coming when I saw, like, The Omen, The Omen 2, Omen 3, Omen 4, because there was this other one. You got his lead role in this film called The Wild Bunch. Now, Mel Gibson is going to direct a remake. I don't know who I want to see. There's been a few little talks about a few people joining so far. I think Jamie Foxx is one of them being considered. Um, 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 Michael Fassbender and Peter Dinklage. It would probably, depending if they wanted to go for, like, a younger group. Like, I don't know how old Jamie Foxx is. No offense. I would probably go for, like, Michael Fassbender or somebody as, as, um, Pike Bishop, I believe. Also known as, oh, sorry, Holden Pike. I don't, Pike Bishop, I believe. Mm. But yeah. Then you got this guy named William Peterson. He's in this film called Manhunter, which is basically a, like Red Dragon, except like the original name of the seri movie, book, novel was called Red Dragon. But before Red Dragon, in like 1986, William Peterson played Will Graham. Then you got this film called Fear, it's basically like an outline of what not to do with your teenage daughter. <laughs> like, Mark Wahlberg plays this bad teenager who's in love with um, Reese Witherspoon, who's Raleigh Peterson's daughter in the movie. And Mark Wahlberg, like, keeps her after curfew, threatens her life, kills her best friend who's bored just for, like, being overprotective and stuff. He's the famous Pat Garrett who hunts down Billy the Kid in them, and Youngins too. And there's this film called To Live and Die in L.A. He's the cop whose partner gets killed, like the one from the beginning that I mentioned. And actually, fun fact, so Manhunter and To Live and Die in L.A., well, To Live and Die in L.A. was first, like, 1985, then Manhunter 1986, gave him his role basically, like, 20-something years later for the role of Gil Gilbert, whatever you want to call him, Grissom in CSI, one of the longest, like, running TV shows ever. I don't know if it's still running. Maybe there's, like, a spin-off. Like, there's CSI Miami, CSI New York, the original CSI, also known as, um, the Peterson version. Bam. Oh, great. Uh, too bad this is not a live thingy. My friend Jackson would, like, see me blushing, but number 38's Walking Phoenix. <laughs> He was awesome as Johnny Cash in Walk the Line, which is basically a biopic about him, like how they, how he and Tune Carter Cash met. Um, Joaquin did his, I almost called him Johnny. Joaquin did his like own singing, I believe, for his own vocal training. I think he was actually handpicked 
by, like, Johnny, right before Johnny died as well. Maybe Johnny saw it. He's in this film called You Were Never Really Here, which is basically, like, take, and his character has, like, a whole entire mental trouble. Like, his father in the movie tried to kill him and the mother as well. And, like, he went for to being a war veteran after or something, and then I think his character's girlfriend gets killed in the war, and then he went to the FBI, which didn't work as well, and then he takes care of his ailing mother. Then there's revenge that comes back for him. Also, why not? Oh, yeah, and guys, before I mention the last one, Joaquin Phoenix... There's, like, flashbacks of Joaquin in You Were Never Really Here, but it's this guy named Dante who was your Bruce Wayne, little kid Bruce Wayne or whatever you want to call him, in Todd Phillips' Joker! One of the greatest cinematic films ever. I hope there's a sequel. I want to go see it. I'm going to make a check out Joaquin's next project called A Far Bright Star, um, which sounds kind of like The Magnificent Seven if you guys read the plot. <laughs> see you guys. Bye.